Hello, I'm Danny Aiken, President of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We want to thank you for listening to this chapel message. Our mission at Southeastern is to seek to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. We hope that you enjoy this chapel message and that you will visit our website. It's www.sebts.edu. There you can learn more about our school and what the Lord is doing here. We hope you enjoy the message. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16, Paul says this, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who, through Christ, reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Ours is a broken world and a fractured world. Uh, it is a world in desperate need of reconciliation. Of course, the most important reconciliation is that which we have with God. But apart from reconciliation with God, we will never see reconciliation within ourselves and among ourselves. Michael Brown, Eric Gardner, Trayvon Martin, Tamar Rice... All black men are black teenagers who are now dead uh, as a result of uh, great tragedy and uh, a fallen, broken world. Darren Wilson, Daniel Patelio, Timothy Lowman, police officers, uh, each of which were involved in the tragic death of one of these men or teenage boys. Uh, as the news came down yesterday about the Eric Gardner decision not to uh, be indicted, uh, many of us were surprised. Uh, I hope all of us heartbroken again at the loss of life and, and the tragedy of sin and all that it inflicts upon everyone. No one uh, is not impacted by these events. And it has become even more evident in these recent days that our nation still has a long ways to go when it comes to racial understanding and racial reconciliation and ethnic affirmation of one another. But I'm also convinced that will never happen in our land until it first happens in our churches. And it is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, that needs to step up at this particular moment in time and lead the way and show the way forward through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I determined that it would be better for us today not to hear me preach, but for us to simply read the Bible uh, and to pray. 
And so I have, along with the assistance, great assistance of uh, Walter Strickland, enlisted a number of our friends uh, outside Southeastern, but also within our community, to come and read the Bible and simply to pray. Uh, let me say in advance, we put this thing together hastily, so if you're looking for something that's going to move through really smooth and well-planned, uh, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, but you know what? When family gets together, we don't worry about stuff like that. Uh, we simply come together as brothers and sisters in Christ uh, to seek our common Father and Savior and Holy Spirit and ask for Him to intervene and to do what only He can do. And so I'm going to begin by asking James White to come. James is pastor of Christ Community Church. He is executive vice president of the Triangle YMCA. He is a dear friend to me, an incredible preacher, loves this school. And uh, when we called and said, could you participate, he didn't hesitate. He said, I would be delighted to. So, James, you come and begin our time of Bible reading, prayer, confession, repentance, and just share what the Lord put on your heart. As a, as a follower of Jesus, follower of Jesus Christ, as a, as a person who understands that the truth of God's word and of one who believes in the incredible truth and reality of scripture, I am not surprised. I am not surprised. And yet, I love how scripture speaks to every moment. And I love the beauty of the eternality of Scripture that's written thousands of years ago. And yet, David in his Psalms can give words that can apply to no matter where you are. And even again, the echoes of this reality as they affect us from the past and as we move into the future. And David in Psalm 13 had words that, words that I am sure grasped by many this morning. Psalm 13, David says this, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I'm shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Let's pray. Father, thank you for, first of all, the incredible leadership, the incredible leadership of Dr. Aiken and his other leaders and his staff who understand the reason why we of all people in this institution must pause. And Lord, really, we begin with us. Thank you that we're in an institution that understands the nuances and the incredible importance of raising up a generation of pastors and leaders and teachers and people who will be change agents in our world. Thank you for having faculty 
who understand the realities of all of the labor and rigor of what it takes in order to accurately teach your word in order for transformation for the future. And yet, because of that, there's even a heavier weight. There's a heavy weight for those who will go through the language of German and French to understand the culture and to be able to have the tools of interpreting an ancient text. There's a heavier weight. And that weight is heavy because we have the skills of interpreting an ancient text and bringing it into the day. Therefore, we have no excuse to not be able to interpret American culture or to be able to interpret the text of an experience of a people. We have no excuse because of the depth of thinking strategically and the minds that are shaped here to give insipid, impotent answers as many will choose to give. We have no excuse to allow Fox News, Rush Limbaugh, Al Sharpton, CNN, or anyone else to give us the diagnosis of this discourse. We have no excuse when we are a people who understand the depth and richness of interpretation. When we are people who can go and look at the words very simply and look deeply into those words. We have no excuse to proclaim innocence of anyone because we fully know in our own lives the depravity of man. We fully understand that there is nothing good that dwells in us. And so we have no excuse to proclaim innocence or guilt or justification on anyone because we know that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have no excuse to simply rest on the simplicity of the gospel, yes, but without understanding there's the complexity of a fallen world. And the simplistic gospel can bring change, but one who does good missiology understands that we have missiology in an America that again has some realities and resources that again are fairly broken. And we are the people who understand the joy of repentance. We are the people who understand that repentance is not out of regret, but it is out of the beauty of hope. And so, Father, thank you that David's words can ring clear of lament and joy because we know that ultimately everything leads to those incredible words during that six hours. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We, too, understand that we do not have to escape this conversation and forgive us. Forgive us for not dealing with this conversation. Forgive those of us who walk in this institution who are of African-American descent who will not deal with this conversation because we have a cross that says we can deal with this conversation. Forgive us of a majority culture who says this one more time that I am going to get blamed. No, we understand that it is not about blame. It is about the grievousness of sin. But the cross lets us know there are dark moments. So, Father, this is an appropriate time of prayer. And we of all people must help the world see how do you deal with truth. We of all people know you do not look over the oppressed. You give a voice to the oppressed. You give a voice to those who have been wounded. And you give a voice to all. And we can do that. Why? Because we don't stay on Golgotha. We know that, yes, there's a grave, but there's a three days later. There's resurrection power. And may when people drive by this institution, may when people drive by our churches, they'll know that we believe in resurrection power. So forgive us for our philosophical arguments that release us from the conversation. 
Forgive us for hiding in our places of worship to not deal truthfully with the realities of our culture. Forgive us for depending on blogs and secondhand resources rather than the truth of your word. So we pray in this time as David prayed that in the end, Lord, we will bless you. We're thankful because you have dealt bountifully with us. And so in this space, in this place, there are answers to the grief because of the grace of Jesus. And it's in your name that we go through this moment with with reality but with resurrection hope. In Jesus' name, amen. In the midst of all that is happening, we do not want to lose sight of the fact that many lives have been impacted by this, which includes the lives of police officers as well. We also want to be crystal clear that we love and thank God for those that He calls to this noble assignment. And we are grateful that so many of them put their lives on the line every single day and render excellent, noble service. And if we ever lose sight of that, then we truly are blind to the realities of sin and all that it afflicts upon our world. I'm going to ask if Reese and Crystal Wilson would come at this time and pray for us. Reese is a student here. Crystal works here in financial aid and is herself a former police officer. So I'm grateful that both of them can come and pray for us, but also represent, again, uh, a noble, noble calling that uh, can get lost in the midst of all the conversation if we're not careful, and we do want to be careful. So Reese and Crystal, you come at this time. Thank you. Um, This morning I will be reading from Zechariah chapter 7, verse 8 through 10. And the Lord's word reads, And the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Render true judgments, show kindness and mercy to one another. Do not oppress the widow, the fatherless, the sojourner, or the poor. Let none of you devise evil against one another in your heart. And if I may just share one thing that um, the Lord has placed on my heart, it's sort of to reiterate what Dr. Aiken has said, is just showing kindness um, to our police officers. It's a weighty burden, being a cop, um, where every decision is just under a microscope. Um, It's almost indescribable, but it's a weightiness that comes with being a law enforcement officer. So in the midst of them appearing unlovable, just pleading for, for you to show love and mercy to them. Thank you. Family, let's pray. Um, Father, thank you so much for um, this institution. Uh, But before we uh, move any forward, just thank you for being who you are, um, bringing us close, drawing us into your family. Um, I pray that the fact that we are family would indeed unite us in these difficult times. Um, Lord, I pray that out of this situation, um, your glory will be revealed and that um, many will come to know you. But, Lord, I pray um, your church will respond in love and grace and kindness and um, humility. Um, I pray that we wouldn't, we wouldn't depend on ourselves, wouldn't depend on our, our inherent knee-jerk reaction to defend ourselves. Um, but I pray we would, we would see that um, 
regardless of, the, of, of these situations, our identity is secure in you um, before we are anything else where we're your, your children. But I pray that we wouldn't ignore that um, our, our ethnicities are indeed important. They are important to you. Um, so, Jesus, I pray that you would, you would um, cause the students here at Southeastern to be ones who listen well uh, before we just speak well. I pray that our hearts towards those who are hurting will be one of compassion, one of uh, love, one of empathy. Uh, and I also pray, Lord, for the families of the men that Dr. Aiken mentioned, um, namely Michael Brown, um, Tamir Rice, uh, Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner. I-, I pray for their families that you, the God of all comfort, will comfort them. Um, I pray that you, uh, by your power and by your grace and your infinite wisdom, somehow would um, send people into their lives in this difficult time to speak the gospel. Um, I also pray that for our our brothers and sisters who are of um, Caucasian or uh, backgrounds, I pray that, that they would see that these situations must not be overlooked. Um, but at the same time, in, in not overlooking them, um, may, may we not just jump to our, our own um, defense. I pray that the gospel would rain from our mouths um, and that the truth of, of Jesus would, would help our hearts be secure in this difficult time. Um, and also pray for my brothers and sisters, both on this campus and outside of it, um, who are of African-American descent, that we wouldn't just um, feel such a weightiness um, alone, uh, but we, would, we, we wouldn't mourn as those who have no hope. Uh, we, would, we would mourn as those who have a secure, rich, bountiful, joyful, blessed hope in a risen Christ. So Jesus, I pray that you will get your glory um, out of this and other situations. In your good and great name, amen. Southeastern is blessed to have as one of its professors, Brent O'Quinn, who is a history professor in our college, has real heart and passion for racial reconciliation and for kingdom diversity. It's been very significantly used by the Lord in bringing various peoples to our campus over the last year to address issues of racial inequity and discrimination. He's done tremendous research in this area himself, and so I wanted him to be a part of praying for us this morning as well. This morning, let me draw your attention to a familiar but glorious passage in Matthew, chapter 22, starting with verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. 
you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Would you pray with me, please? Our Heavenly Father, as we reflect on this passage, summarizing the law and the prophets, and your children, your people, who have been born again or called to love you with all their heart and with all their soul and with all their mind, I pray that for the church. I pray, Lord, that we would indeed love you in that manner. And I would remind us all, as we gather here to pray to you, Lord, of this second commandment, to love our neighbor as ourselves. I know, Lord, that I have a keen sense of justice when it comes to myself. I know when I have been treated unjustly. And I demand retribution. I demand justice. And I am sure, Lord, that I'm not alone in that. So it is my prayer that your people would desire and even demand justice for our neighbors to the same extent or even more than we expected of ourselves. Your people should despise injustice. Your people should speak out against it and demand justice for others. Lord, in light of the situation that seems to be racking our country in these past few weeks, I pray, Lord, that as we seek to love our neighbors, that we do so with understanding, with charity, understanding others in their context, others as we see them. And so just specifically, Lord, I want us as a, as a people to love and to pray for African-Americans as a whole, our African-American brothers and sisters in Christ in particular. But as we reflect on this situation and we consider the context, I, I just pray, Lord, that we would understand the history of our country and the history of race relations where for generations law enforcement officials, certainly not all of them, but far too many in our country's past were agents of oppression by African Americans. And that exhibition of human sin does not simply go away. It is carried from one generation to the next. And it is hard, if not impossible, without your grace and mercy to eradicate. So I pray, Lord, that we would all understand that. But I pray, Lord, that African Americans would also see the progress that has been made and understand their own context and desire to move forward. I also keep in mind the context of law enforcement officials, of the tremendous pressure that is put on them, 
of the daily struggles and challenges that they face. And I pray for them. I pray, Lord, that if there are any racists in our country's law enforcement uh, staffs, and that, Lord, that you would change their hearts. But it is my prayer, Lord, that as you protect our law enforcement officials, Lord, as you guide their staff, as you bring them home to their families each and every night, that you would give them each, Lord, a love for human life, that they would value human life created in your image. And as they enforce the law, as they do, as they have to deal with individuals who can be hostile and violent, Lord, that you would give them a sense of, of, of love, nevertheless, in those circumstances. And that you would give them an understanding of, of the legacy of African Americans and their relationship to those in law enforcement. This entire situation is a reminder, Lord, of, of just the fallen world that we live in, and it grieves us as we see it playing out in front of us. So it is my prayer, Lord, that, that you would intervene, that you would bring reconciliation between the races in this country. And as Dr. Aiken has already mentioned, it starts in the church. So I pray, Lord, that your people would take the lead in this endeavor and that it would be blessed by you, by your Holy Spirit. This is my earnest prayer lifted up in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesse Parker is also a student here at Southeastern. Wonderful brother that loves this school, a THM student, also serves us uh, on our staff as well. So grateful that God in his goodness brought him here as a student. And so, Jesse, you come at this time, my brother, and uh, you pray for us. I'm going to be in Philippians chapter 2. As you turn there, I do just want to reiterate one thing that Dr. Aiken said at the beginning. Um, it is it is time for our churches to look more diverse. And it is time for us to stop just asking our African-American brothers to come to our churches, but for us to go to theirs and to submit ourselves to African-American leaders and church planners and pastors and be their co-laborers. And I pray that as we will go through this today, that we will be a reflection of the love and the comfort we have received in Christ and in humility, we will begin to see the interests of others. And so uh, read with me this morning. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection or sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Pray with me this morning. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be here today, to stand together as the body of Christ. I thank you that you rule and that you reign. 
and that our hope is not in this world. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who were hurt and frustrated. Lord, I pray that you would grant them an extra measure of grace. I pray that you provide uh, brothers and sisters to stand by them and to support them. Lord, I pray for uh, myself as well as my uh, other white brothers and sisters who are here this morning. Lord, I pray that you would grant us ears that hear the voices of our African-American brothers and sisters. I pray that you would grant us eyes that see their struggles and their pains. I pray that you grant us words of encouragement and blessing and support. I pray that you grant us arms that embrace them. I pray that you grant us feet that stand next to them. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be understanding and that we would mourn alongside of them. Lord, I pray that you grant us the courage to stand next to them and to speak out against injustice. Lord, I pray that you would give us the desire to be understanding of one another more than the desire to be heard. And Lord, that we would be careful and mindful of the words that we speak and that we write. And Lord, most of all, I pray that together we would be a reflection of the unity found in Christ. And Lord, that we would be a beacon of hope in a lost and a dying world in need of a great Savior. In your name I pray. Amen. Several years ago, I was privileged to meet a brother that I would eventually become his doctoral supervisor, see him graduate and walk across this aisle with his Ph.D., and now have the joy of calling him a colleague as he also serves here as an adjunctive professor. Uh, Al Fullwood is a pastor, has been a local pastor in this area for many, many years, now teaches on a regular basis each semester here, has become a dear and precious friend to me, so thankful for his influence in my life and the insights he's allowed me to gain just by getting to know him. And so, Al, love you, my brother. You come and read God's Word and you pray for us. Psalms 43, judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man for thou art the God of my strength why doest thou cast me off why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy O send out my light and thy truth let them lead me let them bring me into thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Then will I go into the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yeah, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the help of my countenance and my God. Let us pray.
O God, it is said you are King of King, Lord of Lord, Prince of Peace. We offer ourselves here now to you. We bow in humble submission to your sovereignty, to your wise providence. Grant unto us now thy grace and thy mercies. We pray now for peace. We pray for justice. We pray for mercy. We pray for the healing of the nation. We also pray for racial conciliation. We also pray for the families who've lost their loved ones as a result of this ugly thing that is taking place in our society. We know that thou art able to keep us from falling. Now I pray that you especially and particularly grant to the church, to those who have been called to carry the banner of love. Give us courage. Give us courageous spirit from the pulpit, from the classroom courageous spirit in our homes to say what thus saith the Lord and to act it out in our lives. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Lift us, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Let the church say, Amen. We would be short-sighted if we thought that the issues of our nation were simply black-white issues. They are not. They are black, white, brown, and yellow. And indeed, uh, discrimination, uh, racism, bigotry, cuts across all of those lines and again just when we think we're making progress it seems like uh, we're reversing ourselves and going backwards so I want us to continue to make sure that we keep the whole perspective in view and I'm grateful that God in his amazing grace and providence sent to Southeastern Seminary Edgar Aponte Edgar is a PhD student he's also the director of Hispanic leadership development here at Southeastern and a great gift to us and a wonderful brother. So, Edgar, you come and pray for us and read God's word to us. I will read two verses, one from Genesis and one from Revelation. Genesis 1:27, we read, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. In Revelation 7, 9, we read, after this I look, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and people and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, 
We come before you in the name of Jesus, our Lord, your eternal Son, our Savior. Lord, you are the God of creation. You made us in your image. You created everything. You made all the beautiful stones that we see, diamonds, gold, everything you made. You made the oceans, amazing rivers, gorgeous mountains, trees, thousands of animals. You created all. And yet, only us, human beings, are created in your own image. You made us moral beings. We are the crown of your creation. And yet, because of sin, because our innate depravity, we add in inhuman ways. We hate others. We manipulate people. We use people. We abuse people. We threaten people. And we kill each other. Sometimes it looks like we are eating each other. Have mercy on us. Have mercy in our societies. And yet, because of your eternal and amazing love, you sent your Son, your eternal Son, to die for sinners like us. God, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want to see the picture of your kingdom in our countries. White, black, yellow, brown, mulattoes, all colors, languages, nationality, tribes. We want to see that reflected here, Father. Help us, teach us to fear you, teach us to love you, so that we can love others. It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Mike Lawson is a two-time graduate of Southeastern. He is a former Secret Service agent. He's the head of the security of our campus and an auxiliary police officer with Wake Forest. He is a great gift, as is his wife and children, to me and to this school. And so I wanted him also to come and, in particular, pray for our law enforcement officers that God would keep them safe uh, make them wise and use them greatly for His glory. So, Mike, you come and pray and read Scripture. I'm going to read from Romans 13, uh, verses 1 through 5. Um, I've been a Christian since I was young, and I feel as called to law enforcement and security as some are called to ministry. And this passage has always been one that uh, gave me strength uh, in the midst of circumstances where I had to exercise the use of force. Uh, if you understand guns, I've, I've been in situations where I've, I've had the, all the slack pulled out of the trigger and then have to back off. Uh, so I wanted to read this passage and then, and then just pray for our, our, uh, our men and women in, in law enforcement. Romans 13:1 says, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. 
Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I just want to, first of all, thank you, dear Lord, for the country that we live in, for the freedoms that we have uh, to assemble here together, uh, to make our voices heard, uh, to pray openly for our country and for our nation. And so I want to just lift up this morning, dear Lord, our police who who serve us on a daily basis. As we've already mentioned here this morning, Lord, thousands of them serving across our nation uh, every day, making decisions uh, on the the, the fly, Lord, in in the heat of the moment, uh, making decisions between right, between wrong, uh, trying to follow what they've been trained to do and exercise it correctly, Lord. So I want to continue to pray for them, Lord. I thank you for them, for their service. Uh, They can literally go from a quiet, peaceful day uh, to the midst of a life and death struggle in moments, dear Lord. And so we pray for their ability to, to adjust, their, their ability to exercise wisdom and discernment. Uh, as has already been mentioned, it's an awesome responsibility to bear the sword. And so I just pray for them as they make those decisions, dear Lord. But also I want to pray for our response to them, dear Lord. Uh, we live in a society of, of smartphones, uh, cameras, uh, instant replays, and booth reviews. Uh, CSI has made us all forensic investigators. And so we feel like sometimes we can look back at them and, 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 and evaluate their decisions that they have made in, in, a, in a moment's notice and somehow question that, dear Lord. And, and at times that is correct. At times that is the thing to do, dear Lord. But also we want to look at that with understanding as well. Uh, too many times in our society I feel like we, we display what Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 520, that uh, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Too many times, dear Lord, we twist things and, and, and we don't see them for what they are. So I pray, dear Lord, for our response to them, dear Lord, that we would show love, that we would show grace, that we would show mercy, dear Lord, because you have shown us love, grace, and mercy in our lives, dear Lord. Let us not be too quick to judge all of law enforcement because of the actions of a few. Just as we as Christians would not want to be judged uh, on our Christianity uh, based on the likes of, of churches like Westboro, Uh, who use and twist your word and use and twist the name of Christ to spew hatred and spread hatred across our nation, dear Lord. In the same way, might we not judge all of law enforcement based on the actions of a few. But again, make us thankful for them, dear Lord. Help us to be measured and controlled in our response to them, always looking for the truth and speaking the truth. And then also, dear Lord, as I I think about um, what's going on in our society right now and and, and the, the cause of injustice, I was reminded, the Lord, of perhaps the biggest injustice that took place over 2,000 or approximately 2,000 years ago, dear Lord, when a man from Nazareth was arrested, a man who had committed no crime, who had no crime alleged against him, in fact, a man who had committed no sins, and yet he was arrested. He was tried illegally. He was slapped and beaten with no fault found, no crime charged against him. He was spat upon. He was carried before a weak leader who gave into the cries of the crowd to crucify him, crucify him. He was whipped, his flesh was torn, thorns were pushed down upon his brow, and ultimately he was nailed to a cross where he died for our sins. 
So when we want to cry injustice, dear Lord, I pray that we would look back to you, that we would see what Christ did for us on the cross, that we remember his pain, his blood that was shed for us and for our sins, dear Lord, and that we would make him our passion, that he would, we would make him the story that we take to the world, dear Lord, that we might see many come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to honor our time, so I'm going to ask Malik Blade to come. He is a student here as well as one of our ambassadors to pray. And after he prays, Tracy, I'll ask you to come and uh, close us this, this, this morning. I want to thank you for coming. Um, we needed this. I needed this. We need to acknowledge again that ours is a fallen, broken world, but there is hope in the gospel. And that Jesus Christ is in the business of putting broken lives and broken worlds back together. And so I'm grateful that you thought it was important enough to be here as well. So Malik, you come, read God's Word and pray. And then Tracy, if you would, you come and read the Word. And when Tracy has prayed, we will be dismissed. Before we begin, we're going to close out really quickly, but... I just want to uh, be very practical because often we discuss these things in these settings and we wonder what's next. So if you're not clear, as shocking as it may be, some may have the question, why are these deaths so big that we have to talk about it because people die all the time? Or what about this or what about that? And I want to encourage you that we have an office for diversity uh, over in Stevens Mackey. It exists. We have that here on campus. So if you're processing these things or if you have questions or you're curious because many of us are at different points on many of these issues. We need clarity, but uh, we have the opportunity to seek out that clarity. So that's follow-up as we leave today. Uh, but if you could turn to Mark 12, 29, verses 29 to 31. And it says, Jesus answered, The foremost is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Let's pray. God, first, we come to you in repentance for first not loving you well. In many ways, in what we post on social media, what we say behind closed doors, we may not be loving you well. So we want to repent and confess that we have not loved you well as you have loved us. Let us not forget John 3.16 that says God so loved the world that he gave. And there was no prerequisite for your love. In us being guilty of sin, you chose to love us. So help us to have that mindset as we relate to others. And the second command being to love our neighbor. Help us to realize that our neighbor includes those who don't look like us and those that don't think like us. To love your neighbor means to, to love your black neighbor, your white neighbor, your gay neighbor, your democratic neighbor, your Republican neighbor. There's no specifics on who to love. Let us not put a preference on it. Let us freely give love as you gave it to all of humanity that was clearly undeserving. 
with you knowing all the facts, you chose to love us. So help us to realize that we've received amazing grace and undeserving love, so we should give that same thing. Help us to realize that we're not worthy of the love that you gave us. You love unworthy people. Help us not to put a caveat on our love and choose to only love the one we we feel are worthy. We thank you for today, and I pray that as follow-up, we can seek out counsel and wisdom and pursue these diverse communities because we can have these prayers, but if we go back into our homogeneous settings and talk about what we thought was best, we're not getting anywhere. So I pray that as follow-up, we move forward and we seek the opinions or the views or seek to understand someone outside of our culture. Because once again, the Great Commission is a call to all nations. So being the Great Commission Seminary, help us to put our, our actions in line with what we say. To walk out what we're saying we're doing. And to love unworthy people because you first loved us. And it's in your name that we pray for changed hearts, changed minds, and action as a result of our faith. Amen. I want to close this morning with a passage of Scripture that uh, God used in my own life in 1992 after I had yielded to Christ to show the racism in my own heart. First John 4, verse 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, He is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Father, we are so grateful that you are I am. We're so grateful, Father, that you have seen fit to choose us before the foundation of the world, to 
send your son to die for us nearly 2,000 years ago and to more recently raise us from the dead by means of your spirit. We're so glad, Father, that we have begun to see the love which you have shown us and demonstrated us for us in Christ Jesus. Father, we would pray that you continue to show yourselves to us as you have promised you would. Lord, we would pray that we could continue to know and learn the height and the depth and the width and the breadth of the love that you have for us in Christ Jesus. Father, we would pray for these moments in our country in particular, Lord, in particular over issues of black and white, that you would, in a way that only you can, through the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, bring healing and bring love and bring familial relationships. Because, Father, it is your spirit which, which uh, indwells this dust of the earth and makes us alive in Christ Jesus so that we can proclaim with Paul that there is neither barbarian, Scythian, slave, free man, male, female, circumcised, uncircumcised, but Christ, but Christ is in all. So, Lord, I do pray, practically speaking, that you would raise up men like Ben Watson and Dr. Aiken and others, Father, who can lead this nation, lead our church, but lead our nation into something very special. Lord, where you and your self, your trinity, can be on great display. Because, Father, what we really want to come out of this, what we ultimately want to come out of this, is that people, Lord, would know the great love, the great love, Father, which you have for us. And Lord, we pray this in the name of Christ, our King. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you again for listening to this chapel message from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. If you are thinking about theological education on the undergraduate or graduate level, including doctoral studies, we hope that you consider us. If you also find these chapel messages encouraging and a blessing to your walk with Christ, we hope that you will consider financially supporting Southeastern. Our graduates are literally serving the kingdom across this globe, working to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Your gifts will help to train more, and they will serve as a worthwhile investment in God's kingdom. You can find more information about attending Southeastern or supporting us financially at www.sebts.edu. We covet your prayers and trust that God will bless every good work you do for His glory. Thank you for joining us in our chapel services.